chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43, bring love from Birmingham. Birmingham, we were in Birmingham yesterday with the Relentless Church, Birmingham pastors Martin and Iris, and it was a wonderful conference, renewal conference, amen? And um, keep believing God. You know, we have family all, all around the, the nation. Um, the gift that God gives us is a gift of relationship and gift of family, and we appreciate that. Amen. Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. I'm going to read from verse 19. It says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Someone say, Now. now. Come on, say it again. Now, now. it shall spring forth. It says, now it shall spring forth, shall, uh, shall you not know it? It says, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Today, I want to speak to you about what I'm calling the God of renewal. I want to speak to you about the God of renewal. Someone say, my God, my God. is a God of renewal. Now, I think this is profound for us because if you don't, uh, if, if um, the instruction in the scripture is that we are consistently grateful, that we stay in a place of continual gratitude. And, um, and, and one of the things that's, that we have to understand about God is that our God is the God who is able to restart stuff that seems to have stopped. Most of the time that we lose the willingness to be grateful is when something has not quite panned out as you planned. Blah, blah, blah. Renewal. <laughs> renewal, too many thoughts at the same time. Renewal, to, the word renewal means to resume something after an interruption. Okay? The word renewal means to, in, to resume something after an interruption. Life is full of interruptions, and it's in the moment of interruptions that our willingness to be grateful is usually dulled down. It's in the moments where you expected things to happen a certain way, but they happen a different way. It's in those moments of interruption to a certain flaw that, that we seem to lose our ability to be grateful. And I just want to show you that our God is a God of renewal, because even though life is full of interruptions, and if you live long enough, you will face interruptions. When you are younger, um, you have your life all panned out. You say, okay, I'm going to go to university. I'm going to study this. I'm going to study that. Uh, when I finish from university at 21 or 22 years old, what will happen is I will be going by faith into a brand new graduate job. And then when I go to that graduate job, I will make my way. And when I'm really close to the corner office, to the right, that big job, to the big money, um, I would go for coffee one day at the, at, at the coffee machine at work. And when I get to work, I will see this fine, fine, fine girl, amen. I will see tall, dark, and handsome just there at the time when I'm getting my coffee. And when I'm getting my coffee, the heavens will open because obviously I am a gateway for heaven. So heaven will open, and when heaven's open, there will be a ladder coming down with angels coming all the way down announcing each one of them with a placard announcing, behold, the wife, the husband that God has arranged for you. Anyone have elaborate dreams like that? Amen. But, but, but we have all these amazing plans um, about how our lives will turn out, and then there are interruptions. Life is full of interruptions. Parents know about interruptions. Amen. Parents, <laughs> parents know I, I have uh, my, my son, Theo, is going, to be, is going to be one. Can you believe it? He's going to be one in a couple of weeks. Amen. 
And, um, uh, and, and so we have a young baby. I, I mean, I, I, I know about interruptions. I'm a night owl. I'll usually plan to do, okay, I'm going to do certain things during the day. Then when they go to sleep, I will do ABC. The problem is they won't go to sleep, so I can't do ABC. Everyone say interruptions. Life is full of different kinds of interruptions, interruptions where you have certain expectations, you have certain goals, you have certain things. This year, you had, from the, from, since January, you had plans in the beginning of this year that this was going to be the year when your packs multiply from one to six. Amen? This was the year of the six pack. This was the year when you were going to, you know, this year is going to be my fittest year yet. So you got the dumbbells and you got the, you signed up to the gym and, and, and the problem is you've just been tithing to the gym. You haven't really, amen. You are propping up the gym because there has been interruptions. Everyone say interruptions. I, I, I think the only problem, I think one of the biggest problems with growing up is, is these interruptions. The, one of the biggest problems with growing up is that, is that um, you face these interruptions. And what's funny is that when you're younger, somebody else takes responsibility for your interruptions. But the older you get, you find that you have got to face these somehow by yourself. Because being an adult is, is being able to handle what happens or handle the seasons when your plans don't go as you have planned. You can tell that this is a grown man, that this grown man is still a boy when he is acting like a boy when his plans, when he doesn't have his way. Are you with me so far? And so life is full of interruptions. One more time, everyone say interruptions. Come on, say it again, interruptions. Interruptions, they are those things that change your plans drastically. Sometimes it is good, but most times it isn't. However, renewal is a resumption of, of, of something after there has been interruptions. Please help me preach to your neighbor. Tell them something, something. Else, else is available after this interruption. Amen. In your life, it is important, as, and, and as I'm talking about this, I'm asking, please do identify some interruptions in your life. I, I know I've been saying this over and over again, and I, and I don't mind repeating it because it, is, uh, it, is, it seems to be a refrain in my heart in recent times. It is important that as you hear the word, you are looking for um, a, a place where this word can be applied in your life. The word of God is medicine. Everyone say medicine. The word of God is medicine that is supposed to be applied to our lives. His word is given to light up our path. And if you are, if you are hearing the word and are not thinking about a specific place to apply the word, the word cannot take root as well as it would. It's a bit like, you know, the way I like to put it is if you don't think that you have that ailment, when the pill comes round, you will pass. You will say, no, that's not for me. That's for somebody else. And so what we want to do is to make sure that as we are, as I'm talking about these things, talking about interruptions, can you identify some interruptions in your life? Can you identify some areas that you feel you are, you're, you are stuck in, in an interruption? In other words, this was not the original plan. I didn't think that my life or this area of my life would dry up like this or would be, would look like this, would look so different from what I see in the word. I'm trying to let you know today God has sent me here to speak to you concerning those interruptions. 
Amen. He has sent me here to speak to you concerning those interruptions because Isaiah 43, which we just read, it was God speaking to some people who were dealing with some interruptions. They had, they were the apple of the children of Israel, were God's chosen vessels, the apple of God's eye, his, his precious ones. But now they find themselves taken captive. Think about that. That's a very, that's a nightmarish situation. Imagine where you live, being where you live, and one day you wake up and there are soldiers outside your house and you look outside the window and you realize that they have taken everybody, including your neighbor, taken them, put them in handcuffs, put them on a boat or a plane or whatever, and taken them to a faraway country. And in this faraway country, they're transporting them like furniture. They are selling them on after they have been used because this is what the children of Israel were going through. Nobody planned to plans to be a slave. Nobody plans to live in captivity. This was an interruption to the original plan. It doesn't even matter how this interruption came about. That's not the, the, the topic of com conversation. The point is that there was an interruption to the normal flow of things. They were going through all of these different things, and God showed up and began to address their interruption. This morning, I have come as a messenger from God to address the interruptions in your life. This morning, God has, God has given me a word to speak to you concerning yourself. Maybe you are like the children of Israel. You find that in some aspect of your life, you find yourself in a strange land. You find yourself in a, with a strange culture. You find yourself in a place that is not what you imagine where you imagine yourself to be, you expected that by this stage of your life, you will be somewhere else. You did not expect your life to flatline at this point. I came to look for somebody who feels stuck in their place of interruption, just like the children of Israel were stuck in Babylon. Because God has something to say to your interruptions. Why? He is a God of renewal. Amen. He is a God that has the ability to renew. The good news I have for you today is that the God of the Bible, the God that I am preaching, the God that I am presenting to you is a God that will not leave you stuck in your interruption because he is very capable of restarting something after there has been an interruption. He is very capable of restarting your career after there has been an interruption. He is very capable of giving you new business ideas after there has been an interruption to the last one. He is very capable of rejuvenating your relationship after there has been an interruption. He is very capable of restoring your relationship with your child after there has been an interruption. He is very capable of healing you and restoring you, making you strong, giving you strength to your back again after there has been an interruption. Why? Because the God I preach this morning is a God of renewal. Hallelujah. The God we serve is a God of renewal. And my job this morning, my job this morning is to preach him to you to the place where you begin to have faith for a renewal in your life. Let me just tell you what God wants to do this morning in your life. 
is to renew. He is going to quicken dead things. He is going to re-envision you. He is going to give you, restore the joy of your salvation. Some of you are going to be happy to pray again. Some of you are going to find joy in reading the word again. Your hunger for God is returning to you because the God of the renewal is in the house this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, don't worry about it. I'm going to preach this today. I'm going to preach it because your interruptions are speaking louder than your God this morning. So I'm going to lift my voice and tell you, the God of renewal, he's in the house. He can quicken you. This morning, he is coming to quicken you. This morning, he is coming to resume the love in your house. This morning, he is coming to resume certain things that have been interrupted by the enemy. He says, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. Look at Isaiah 42, one, one, one chapter back. Hallelujah. Do I have your attention this morning? Say after me, my God. my God. Come on, say it like you believe it. My God, my God. is a God of renewal. God. Isaiah 42, verse 9 says, Behold, the former things have come to pass. And new things, one more time, someone say new things. New things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Notice that before God does anything in your life, and this is the nature of God, before he does anything in your life, he always announces it. Amen? Everything God does, he always announces what he's going to do about this time tomorrow. And our willingness to engage what God is going to do about this time tomorrow is directly related to our willingness to grasp the word that he sends out first. The reason we need faith is because God likes to announce what he is going to do. So he throws out his word to tell you about this time tomorrow, this is what I'm going to do. His expectation is that you will engage his word because your engagement of his word is you saying, I give you permission to do tomorrow what you are telling me about today. Amen? Every time you engage the word of God, regardless of where you find yourself, it is, it is you demonstrating faith, and God loves that because he is a God of renewal. And so look at what he's doing. He says, the former things have passed. He says, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. In other words, I'm doing a new thing, but I'm telling you about it before I do it. Because the temptation is that as I talk about a new thing, you stay stuck where you are and despise the words that I am sending. What God is looking to do is to send you the word in the hope that by your faith, you will engage the word and permit him to do the new thing. So he says, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. One more time, someone put your hand up, say after me, Lord, I believe this is my season of renewal. Come on, say it again. I believe this is my season of renewal. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. Hallelujah. The book of Hebrews chapter 13. The book of Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8. I'm just going to go for it. It's a famous scripture we, we know. Hebrews 13, 8, I believe. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Someone say, Jesus, Jesus. is the same Jesus. yesterday today and forever. That's very important that you know that. Malachi chapter 3, um, I think it's Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says, because I am the Lord, I change not. 
I am the Lord, I change not. So we have it on record in these two places that God does not change. God does not change. Now, he changes things, but he himself does not change. I like to put it this way. He is the unchanging changer. Okay? He says the same, but he changes everything. In fact, it, God is so consistent with change that in life, the only thing that is consistent in life is change. Okay? The only thing that will never, that, that will never change is change in itself. At any point in time, you will, be a, you will be facing some change. God is the God, the God of renewal. He, he, he is an unchanging changer. So what I want to do this morning is I'm just going to go back to the beginning. All I'm trying to do is present this God to you, to let you know that the God that you serve, how many people have believed in this God that I'm talking about, this God of the Bible? Okay. The God of the Bible, the God of the God that we are talking about is a God who understands, who is good at renewal. And what I want to do is go to the beginning to talk to you about how right from the beginning he has always been about renewal. We're going to go to the end and see that in the end, he is about renewal. Because if I can see that that is what he has been doing, and this is what he is going to be doing, then I can be sure that right now, he is renewing. Okay, can we declare by faith right now? God is renewing something in my life. Come on, I want, I want if, if, particularly if you don't feel it, I need you to say this. Say, God is renewing something in my life. Let go of your expectation for a moment, okay? Let go of what, how you think he's going to do it, how you are, just, just believe that he is renewing something in your life. Look at the book of Genesis chapter 1. Let's go to the book of the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. Hallelujah. Verse 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. If you can't find the scripture, the Lord is with you. Sure, the Lord still loves you. Genesis chapter 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2. Verse 2, it says, the earth was without. Everyone say without. The earth was without form, and it was void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. So look at this. No form, it had no shape, and it was dark. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. Now, I, I, I think um, I, 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 right from here, God, the renewing God, is demonstrated. Um, there is a theory, the theologians are discuss this, it's called the gap theory. So it is believed, it is believed, again, you don't need to subscribe to this or start to make a religion around this. Um, it's one of those things that, you know, if you believe it or you don't believe it, you know, it's not going to make a difference to your salvation, but it's an interesting thing that can help you understand certain things. So th there, there, there are theologians who believe in the gap theory, and the gap theory postulates that there is a gap between Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. It is believed that, that between those two verses that there is a huge gap. It is believed that Genesis 2 happened maybe about 6,000 years ago. But, how, but, but Genesis 1, so go back to Genesis 1. Um, Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and the argument for that is, if God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning, how come we've come to verse 2, and it is without shape, it is without form, and it, it, and it is void? What did God create then? Because it is not consistent with his nature. When God creates things, 
it, it always has shape. It always, are you with me so far? So that is the argument that they have that, 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 that between Genesis 1 and Genesis chapter 2, I'm, I'm making a point with that, between Genesis 1 and Genesis chapter 2, there is a time gap. And, and it, is, it is believed that that time gap is what accounts for all of the, the you know, things like dinosaurs or, 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 or artifacts that are found that geo geology finds that, that say that dates back to thousands or millions of years ago. It is believed that, that all of those, there was, there was a pre-existent, um, uh, 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 prehistoric uh, existence between those two chapters. But the point I'm trying to make, whether you believe it or not, that's neither here nor there, but the point I'm trying to make is that we still come to verse 2. Regardless of how, regardless of how the earth came to be without form, came to be without void, came to be with darkness, God, who is a Elohim, his, his name is Elohim, God the creator. He comes to a place that has no shape, a place that is void, a place that is dark, a place that some believe there has been an interruption, something happened. Most people believe that it is also between those two chapters that the enemy, Satan, was thrown down from heaven onto the earth. Okay, are you with me today, man? So, so most people believe that, you know, the Big Bang was actually the devil landing upon the earth. But leave that alone. <laughs> when, God, when God body slammed him from heaven to the earth, he just, amen. But anyway, so that, that's, that's, again, let's, let's not build a theology around that because it's just something to think about and something to study. It helps us sometimes put things in context. But, but look at this. Whether you believe that or not, we come to verse 2, and we find this empty place, this place that is without form, without void, without, and it's dark, and, and it's a type of your life and a type of the interruptions that we face. Regardless of how you came to this place, if you look in your life, there will be aspects of our lives, those interruptions can be like this, where it doesn't have the form that you imagined that it would have. At this point in time, you expected that you would have bought your house, but right now you're still in a bed seat, and your life does not look like the form you imagined that it will be. In some cases, it looks like what you're expecting, the love, the peace, the provision, the, 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 the impact uh, that you, you've been dreaming that you will make. Your life appears void of all of those dreams right now. Or it even appears that there is darkness and you can't even see a way to go forward in this thing. I came to put one more thing to you. That there is a God who is Elohim. That in the middle of this darkness, in the middle of this emptiness, there is a spirit of renewal hovering over, glory be to God, hovering over the darkness. I know the enemy has been pumping up the interruption. Highlighting the interruption. Everywhere you go, you, you know, is, is, is the day that you are arguing with your spouse is the day you go on Instagram and everyone is, oh, I love my baby. No, stop that nonsense. Amen. Some days you don't want to hear. Hallelujah. Yeah, did, I go, did I get real too quick? The, 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 the day that you are believing God for a job it, it, it will be the day that everywhere you turn, it looks like, it looks like there is evidence that you don't have a job. 
And what the enemy will do is as you travel through life, he will highlight the interruptions in your life. He will make, he will give you evidence that things are worse, that it is dark and there is no shape and there is no void. But I came to remind you, I hope that somebody this morning will realize that there is a God of renewal hovering over every dark area of your life. In the New Testament, the Bible, Paul puts it this way. He says, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more because sin is the interest interruption to the original plan of God, but the grace of God is the spirit of renewal that hovers over every sin. The grace of God is the spirit of God hovering over your darkness. I came to announce that yes, the darkness is there. Yes, your life is without void. Yes, it doesn't have the shape, but I came, I hope you believe this this morning, that there is a spirit of God, the spirit of renewal hovering over you. You don't have the answer, but he is hovering over you. He is waiting for something. God is hovering over you because he is a God of renewal. He is a God of renewal. Hallelujah. Someone say, my God is a God of renewal. He is a God of renewal. He is, he is so good. He's Elohim. He is so good at creating. Amen. So, so he could have gone to that planet that is made out of diamonds, but he finds this one that is without shape, and he says, this is the one I'm going to hover over. I'm going to hover over this one. I'm going to hover over. He, he sees those perfect people whose relationships are working, and, and, and bless God for them, but he says, the Bible says, a broken, a broken reed, he will not, a, a, a bruised reed, he will not break. You know, when you're down, that's when God is with you the most. Listen carefully. When you, you know I love my daughter. I love my, I love my son. But if somebody tells me now that whilst I'm preaching, um, as much as I love them, someone tells me now that they are hurt. I love you as well. <laughs> I love you as well. But you know what I would do? I would move to where she is. That's what God does. When you are hurt, he, mo- he is closer to the brokenhearted. Why? Because he is God of renewal. He is a God of renewal. So from the beginning, he has been renewing. He has been creating. Can I, can, I, can I show you can I show you something as well? See how amazing he is, how good he is at renewing right from the beginning. He is so good at renewing that when he came to create the masterpiece of his creation, I, I was thinking he could have used vibranium to create man. If I was God, amen. I don't want to know Wakanda, amen. Okay, that, that, that's, uh, if I was God, I would make man out of vibranium. Or I would go find diamonds. I would, I would make our teeth glean. I would make our teeth out of diamonds. So when you smile, <laughs> hallelujah, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be amazing that, that, you know, that ugly toe that you have, I would, <laughs> I would have created that one maybe out of something that is, that just, if it's ugly, at least it's gold. <laughs> Amen. But, but you know what God does? Anybody can do that. God says, I'm going to create the masterpiece. I'm going to create the best, the, the cherry on the top of my creation. So he, he says, I'm, and I'm going to demonstrate how amazing I am at creating. That he goes and he finds dirt. Glory be to God. He finds dirt. It's the stuff that if you find it on your shoe, when you go into your house, you kick it off. 
You get angry with your children if they bring the dirt in your house. You, you, you tell them off. Why did you bring that thing in? If your dog comes in with dirt on your sofa, you are not a happy bunny. And God says, I'm going to look for that thing. I'm going to look for that thing that these people despise the most. And it is that thing that people despise the most that I will gather up and create the masterpiece, the cherry on the top of all of my creation. And he makes man in his own image out of dirt. Out of it. Why? Because he is a God of renewal. And he is good at it. So good at it that he can make masterpieces out of rejects. I, 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 I put it to you that the dirt in your life is no match for this God. He is good. I, don't write him off because you, 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 you caught an incurable disease and you think your life is done. No, our God knows what to do with that. Our God knows what to do with the abuse and the abuser. He knows how to use dirt to create masterpieces. Why? Because he is Elohim. He is God the creator. The God who is a God of renewal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone say, my God is a God of renewal. So whatever is in your life that right now is not quite matching up, the God we serve, he can work with that. He's telling you, it's okay, I can work with that. That's what I've come to tell you who feels like you have an aspect of your life that is so dead. You know, Ezekiel was walking in the valley of dry bones. And God asked him, Ezekiel, can these bones live again? Ezekiel says, wow, God, now you're just testing me. He says, only you know. And sometimes in our lives, things are just so dry that you kind of think, I don't even know what to say to you, Lord. But God is a God of renewal. Someone say, my God is a God of renewal. Okay? He has always been the God from re of renewal right from the beginning. Shall we go to the end? Revelation chapter 21. So in the beginning, he has been renewing. Let's go to the end and see what God will be doing in the future. I like the word of God. God so kindly in his word. He didn't just tell us what happened. He tells us what is happening and tells us what will happen. Revelation 21, as I read this, just mark how many times new is mentioned, okay? Mark how many times, or, or just kind of notice how many times new is mentioned. Revelation 21, it says, I, I, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away. Some of the stuff you're fussing about right now, one day it will pass away. It's important that you understand where to be putting your energy. Not everything is worth your strength. Not everything is worth killing yourself for because some things will pass away. The goal of living, wise living, is to look at this scripture and live your life for the things that will not pass away when these things pass away. That's how to live. Okay? It says, also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I told you this last week, that you, you are engaged to Jesus, you are not married to him, okay? Is it last week I said this on, on Tuesday? Is it on Tuesday? 
Last week, yeah, last week. Yeah. So, so remember that I, it's amazing how many conversations I had and, and the shocks. People go, what? I've been calling myself Jesus' wife. No, you're not. You're engaged. You're engaged. I know you like that song, but leave the song alone. But look at this. It says, it says, um, it says as a bride adorned for her husband. Go get, the, go, go get the CD you can get. I don't want to be distracted by that. It says, and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold. Everyone say, behold. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them, and they will be, and, and, and uh, be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear. Every time I come here, something awakens on the inside of me because I believe that this is what we are doing. Every time you lift a speaker, every time you serve, every time you help another person, every time you, you join forces with another kingdom and endeavor, what you are doing is working towards building this world where no one, every tear will be wiped away. There will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain, for the former things will pass away. Amen? Amen? And then, this is where I'm going, verse 5 says, then he who sat on the throne, who is saying this? The one who sat on the throne, okay? He who sat on the throne, he's saying this. He says, behold, I make all things new. I make all things new. And I like the last, the last line. He says, and, and he said to me, write this down, write these words, for these words, they are true and faithful. What words are true and faithful? The fact that he is creating a new world and making all things new. He says, write these down because they are true and faithful. In the beginning, God was creating. In the end, or God was restoring, making a shapeless world have shape and form and become the dwelling of his masterpiece. In the end, God will still be creating. He will be restoring. Can you guess what God is doing now? In the middle, let me just tell you in case you don't know, he is creating. In the middle, he is restoring. If he, if he is the same God yesterday, he is the same God tomorrow, he is also the same God now. There are some things that you are going through as individuals, as a family, in your work, in your career, that you might not feel that there is need for you to be grateful for. But if you know that the God we serve is a God of renewal, he is a God of the new, he is the God that specializes in taking chaos and creating order. He is a God that specializes in taking dirt and creating masterpiece. If your life is not looking like what God planned for you, you need to know that there is a spirit hovering over you, and right now, all of heaven is working towards the renewal required in your life. Amen. 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 So he is a God of renewal. He will always be a God of renewal, so he is renewing now. I don't need to pray to wonder what God is doing. He is renewing now. He is restoring your relationships now. This is why we can give him praise now. We can praise him now because regardless of how you see that, that financial situation happening, he is renewing now. He is restoring your relationships now. He is restoring your mind now. He is bringing your healing now. He is restoring your family now. He is giving you a hope now. He is taking away depression now. He is removing that anxiety 
anxiety now. He's healing your heart now. He's answering your prayers now. He's restoring. He's renewing. These interruptions do not have the last word because there is a God who specializes in renewal. It's what he does. I would have given God a better hand of praise right there. It's what he does. He specializes in renewal. The problem, uh, two, two main problems with us seeing this uh, is, number one, um, the, the reason we don't sometimes engage the renewal, and maybe you might be struggling to engage the renewal, is a fixation on the old. Do you know what was common in every scripture that we've read today where God is talking about a new thing that he's doing? The common thing in all these three scriptures is that God had to tell them, behold. Both in Isaiah 43, in Isaiah 42, in Revelation 21, before he announces or talks about the new thing he's doing, he has to tell them, oi, look, I am doing a new thing. One time he asks them, he says, can you not see it? He tries to get our attention because we are so fixated on the old. I'm not just talking about bad. I'm talking about good and bad. Our minds are so fixed on the old that God has to get your attention to say, I am doing a new thing. Until you realize, I think I said this to them in Birmingham yesterday, we've got to learn how to hold on to stuff. Okay? There are some things that are worth holding on to. Uh, let, let me use an analogy. The way that I hold on to my wife, I love you as well. Amen. But the way that I hold on to my wife is different to the way that I hold on to you. Okay? I might give you the Christian hug, but I hold my wife a different way. Are you with me so far? Because, because you are different. And so I, I, the way that you hold on to your car should be different to the way you hold on to your child. I believe some of the people you branded haters in your life, they were anointed by your unwillingness to hold on to the right things. Let me say it again. They were not really haters. <laughs> the problem is they had to go, but you were trying to keep on to them. Remember Genesis chapter 28? Jacob gets to this place he didn't know was Bethel. He finally sleeps and then moves on from there. Imagine the stone upon which he rested his head Waking up the next morning, I can't believe Jacob just left me. Jacob is a hater. Because Jacob, but do you know what? Jacob is not a hater. He just meant to stay on that stone for that day to hear from God. And he was moving on. There are some people in your life that are in your life for a moment. Some things that God has given you for a moment. Some houses he blessed you with for a season. There are some other relationships, some other things that he has blessed you for eternity. My wife is blessed to me for all till death do us part. My house is not the same. It's blessed until it, the day it stops being a blessing to me. It no longer is not necessary. I don't need to hold it. The problem is we, we, we hold on to the wrong things and let go of the wrong things until we learn how to hold on to stuff, we would always struggle with embracing the new. Amen? He says, he has to tell them, behold, look, look, I am doing a new thing. Oi, hey, hey, hello. God is doing a dance to get your attention. Hey, hey, I'm doing a new thing. All right, children of Israel, sometimes we're looking back Look at that slavery. Check this out. Looking at slavery and forgetting the whips on your back. 
Forgetting the fact that they were paying money for you. Forgetting the fact that they were raping your family or raping your sisters and, and all the kind of horrible stuff happening. And they're in the wilderness. God is, they're walking through the process of the new. But looking back and saying, but, but we ate meat. Amen. You're holding on to the meat in the past. Think about it, y'all. You're holding on to the meat in the past. When God is creating a new thing. Say, neighbor, neighbor. Let go of the old. Behold, God is creating something new. God will give you wisdom to know what to hold on to and what to let go of. That's what we ask God for. We ask him for the wisdom to know what to hold. Because some of the, the, some of the things that we get upset about are things that God was asking you to let go because I want to give you something else. But you're still stuck in what you let, in stuff that you should have let go. Are you with me so far? Tell your neighbor, neighbor, stop being fixated on the old. Stop being fixated on the old. I'm going to park it there because it, it, the other thing I was going to talk about was Daniel. The, the other reason that we sometimes don't embrace the old, the new, is that when you've been through these interruptions, what happens is in the book of Daniel, we won't go there for time, but in, in the book of Daniel, they, 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 Daniel was also children of, uh, uh, from Israel, and then they're taken captive. And what happens immediately they stepped into this captivity is that, is that the, 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 their lords changed their names. They changed their names and began to give them Bab names that were attached to Babylonian gods. And that's what the enemy does with us. What he does with us when we go through interruptions or seasons in our lives is that he starts to change your identity and make you look like what you went through. Make you begin to draw all of your identity so because you failed, you are no longer just Cheeto, you are Cheeto the failure. You know, because you, you messed that first relationship up, you are no longer uh, uh, just, just, just Jane or just whatever your name is, you are, you are, you are, you are the, the messer-upper. And you attach, uh, we attach, and, and these things, these names begin to become like little gods that are attached to me. And so I, I had to work on this myself because I messed up in one or two things in, in, in times past that, that now meant that for a long time, without even knowing it, I, I, I attached these things to me. So there were certain things I wouldn't attempt because I was Cheeto, the failure, in certain areas. So I would try these other things, but there was this little God that was born out of an interruption in a season of my life that now began to dictate what I went forward in. And that is the whole point. Uh, the enemy will attach these little gods, and as long as these gods are ruling over you, I can come and announce that there is a God, big G, of renewal over your life, looking to restore your family, looking to restore things, you will miss it. Do you know that it was Daniel who actually, in the word, discovered that the, the period of captivity was over? Because even though they changed his name to Belteshazzar, he still recognized that he served a God who was faithful. The point I'm trying to make is that as you travel through these seasons of your life, there are certain little gods, G, that will attach themselves to you and seek to re-identify, change your identity. I am challenging you to say no, that there is a God that is over me, a God that is bigger than every other God, and he is always true. Let every man be a liar. Because this God, is working on you, he is doing something new. Listen carefully. Behold, I, says the Lord, am doing a new 
Amen. I am doing a new thing. I know you don't know how it's going to pan out. Today I've just called for you to accept that God is doing a new thing in your life. God is doing a new thing in your life. It's not going to keep looking the way that it's looking. Not because you now know the answer, but because you know the one who knows the answer. And he's working on doing a new thing. Listen, church. God is doing a new thing in our lives. Amen? Can I be directed off as a church? Sometimes we can be so caught up with the glory of the past that we forget that God is doing a new thing. You don't have to, the, 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 you know, the, you don't have to rubbish the past. Amen? You don't have to rubbish the past to embrace the new. Amen? Because God can do good things in the past and good things in your future. Are you with me so far? God is doing a new thing. What we're going to do is yield our hearts and say, and I love what Pastor Fiona was saying, I really believe that that thank you is such a prophetic declaration. I, I really agree with that. It is a powerful thing because thank you says something. Thank you says, I see what you did in the past. And thank you says, I thank you. I empower you. I, I give you the credit. From the credit of the past, I give to you. And when you give God the credit of what he has done in the past, it is an act of faith that releases God to do in your future. Amen? Listen, God is good at this. He is good at working things out. Sometimes we just need patience. Sometimes we just, the Bible says, by faith and patience, we obtain the promise. I pray that God will, the spirit of renewal, the spirit of God hovering over your life is waiting for an instruction from you. If you would hear the word of the Lord and start to say what God is saying over you. Remember in Genesis 2, the spirit of the Lord was hovering and then God said, and everything God said became. Because the spirit of God is always waiting for an instruction from his word to carry out. God is a God of renewal. Go back to the word of God. Start to look at your life, look at your health, look at your relationship. How does the word look? What does God say about your family? What does he say about your children? What does he say about your career? What does he say about your business? Regardless of what you are facing, that is just an interruption. The real plan is in his word. And when you go back to his word, the God of renewal, and I prophesy over you that this is a season of renewal. May this be the most amazing season for you where dead bones, where you see dead bones come to life, where you see flesh come back on things that you thought were gone, where dreams are revived, relationships are vitalized, where health comes back, where your mind is restored, where your hope is restored, the joy of your salvation is restored. May God hear you this week. May this be the week where you recognize that he has heard Every prayer, I prophesy that he, I, I came to tell somebody who has cried a lot concerning this situation. You need to know that the God of renewal has not been silent. He has heard. And this morning, he, has annou he is announcing, behold, look over here. I am doing a new thing. I am announcing it before it springs up. And his expectation is that this morning, you will say, Lord, I believe that you are doing a new thing in my life. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Would you just give God a hand of praise if you believe he's doing a new thing?